is a creative's way a podcast where we take you on a journey inside the minds of our favorite creatives i'm dd and this is my husband i'm bruce and uh we have an amazing guest today he is a brother he is a friend and i i'm very much a fan of my brother um i call him the king of internet radio uh, Mr. Gerard Bonner. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Thank you, guys. Man, Good thanks to be here. for being here. Absolutely. Come. Yeah, man. Guys. Sure. So Gerard is... Uh, uh, way back in time, there was a... <laughs> way back in time, there was a thing that came around called the internet. And years later, uh, there was radio, but then internet radio came into play and Gerard came on the scene and made it created bonafide radio and for us who are creatives in music whatever genre if you were living under a rock at that point you don't you do not know who this guy is but most of us pretty much do um, he's been doing so many things even since then, and we're going to go into the journey of uh, everything that comes with internet <laughs> radio and wrestling yeah. and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Um, it's great to have you on the show, man. It's good to be here. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> some of my favorite people. Y'all know that already. It's going to be fun, man. Be so take us to the beginning okay. and the origin of Gerard Bonner. Well, does that mean when mom and dad met? Well, because like, okay, the birds and the bees, no, no, just like, like, where are you from? The year was 1975. No. <laughs> it's the darkest story of Mom and dad were getting together. Yeah, you know, no. What, no what, so what so just, the, just, just the, the, the beginning, like, where are you from? Sure. And, and, you know, we'll go into how you got started and okay. just... Your career, yeah, you know, and all of that. Of course, going through being a musician as well, which sure. a lot of people don't know that. I was shook. <laughs> this man is incredible. Incredible. Yeah. Keyboardist, organist. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So let's see. Uh, I'm from a little town called Monticello, New York, which okay. nobody's ever really heard of. Okay. Um, but uh, when I went to college, I started announcing it as Monticello, New York, 95 miles northwest of New York City. Got it. Because that was kind of the reference point for everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, when we say Catskills, they're like, Poughkeepsie. Uh, about 45 minutes away. Okay. Yes, yes. So we're in the Catskill Mountains. So. But we're so small that we're actually called the village of Monticello. Okay. It's not a city. It's not, it's a village. Okay. It is literally when you drive in the village of Monticello. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, it, it's like it's that. dope yet small. Yeah. So the irony of that is, you know, I grew up with very musical parents. My dad had a massive music collection back with eight tracks and records. Yes. He was the king, yeah. right? My mom was a musician. Okay. Uh, my mom was a singer as well. And then my dad's mom was also a piano player. So mm -hmm. I kind of got that honestly and didn't even yeah. realize it, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, music was a thing in our house for a long, long time. Um, but we did not have a uh, 
real record store okay. or a place to be able, an outlet to be able to purchase music or anything like that, right. specifically inspirational music, gospel, or anything like that. So I would end up being years behind on things, <laughs> which is the great irony of that. So I was about to say, uh, yeah. years behind, but then eventually started an internet radio. So that right. that literally pioneered yeah. forward. So, yeah. 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 So it's it's kind of wild how that happened. Okay. So... Yeah, it was it was there, but I loved music, loved all kinds of music, and of course, growing up in a uh, strict Christian household, you had to be kind of careful how you wove that music in, you know. So uh, I did that carefully. Yes. But yeah, that's it started there, okay. and um, so most people probably don't know that's that's where I started playing. Okay. Um, so it started. I was fourteen. Okay. Actually, technically, I was. I first started learning when I was six. But then the guy who was teaching piano, he left. Okay. And so I was just kind of stuck. Okay. Didn't know anything. So then I picked it up again at 14, self-taught, and um, away we went. So how did you get to Virginia? Okay. Because that's where, for sure that yeah. I know you and I know a lot of people, you know, from yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> like, I literally was like, yeah. okay, never <laughs> thought New York at all. Yeah. Richmond, yeah. <laughs> From New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So college is what took me to Virginia. I lived okay. in Richmond. Okay. Um, went to Virginia Union. Okay. And um, the funny part of that was uh, I knew I needed to get out of New York, mm. specifically Monticello. Okay. Because there just was not much of a future there right. in terms of being able to do some of the things that I wanted to do and even see the world. Like, field trips for us was going to New York City. That's yeah. So yeah. Not, I, I mean, depending on what you were wanting to go for, sure. why not go to New York City instead of coming on? Yeah. So or like NYU or like, you know what I mean? So Stuff New like York that. New York City was kind of considered like the big city, mm -hmm. but the devil city. Oh, we grew, we were we were apostolic. That makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, okay, so I probably should have said it at the top. It's yeah, we were. Together, yeah, right? yeah. Okay. So because of that, everything was super strict. So we went to New York City for field trips. Okay. We were going to the museum. Right. We'd go to the circus at Madison Square yeah. Garden, and so obviously Madison Square Garden to me was heaven. Right. Because I'm a wrestling fan. Of course. So that was the mecca. So yes. like we're going for, you know, yeah. for the circus and I'm looking for where's Hulk Hogan. Right. Like, like it's just yeah. it's like that. Yeah, like, yeah. But in terms of being able to live there or do things there, it was like, uh-uh, no way. So Virginia became a destination for me because I had some cousins who actually left Monticello and moved to Virginia okay. in Richmond because of some jobs and things like that. And I was like, nah, this is cool. And plus our church was connected in, you know, with some conventions and mm -hmm. that type of stuff. And you had, it was very regional then. Yes. And so um, Virginia was one of the destination spots for some of the cool, um, cool spaces that we were connected to. Fun story, I guess I can tell this publicly. So one of my childhood friends that I met during that era is a guy you guys call Ty Tribbett. Yeah. So we would, we would, so his space was so cool. Yeah. It was like, nah, all the cool kids have to be down okay. in Jersey, in Baltimore, in DC, yeah. all those areas. So Virginia was like, yeah, that would be the space to go. So gotcha. uh, my parents wanted me to go to school in New York, as in New York State. So they wanted me in like Binghamton yeah. and Syracuse. And I'm like, 
that's a no for me. <laughs> like, it's a no. But they were like, no, you know what? No, nah, we want you to go here because I guess they were depending upon me getting a scholarship because they were like, no, nah, we're not really saving up money for you to get out of state. Right. So, so I, but I wanted to get out. So I primarily applied to schools in Virginia, Virginia Tech, UVA, Virginia Union kind of came as a last resort. Okay. And, um, but they came through. I got accepted to all the spaces, but they came through with real the big. They came through with the scholarship. Yeah. So where we that, um, where you go. And that happened like 10 days before. See? Funny story. So um, 10 days before I graduated is when that came through. Wow. Which is weird because, you know, I'm a top student in school. Everybody's like, where are you going to school? You're supposed to have exactly. So I'd gotten it. Uh, I'd gotten uh, accepted to UVA and Virginia Tech, but they were talking just small chump change, and they wanted me to join ROTC. And I'm like, I'm not built that way. Shout out to those who are, but I'm not. I'm not built that way. But yeah, it's not for us. It's not. So um, that was my first real big test of faith, Hmm. because I remember um, the day the day before I found out about that. I was uh, walking to work, which we never worked on Sundays, but I had to work. Mm-hmm. And I was sad, but I was like, Lord, if you don't want me to go to Virginia, fine. I'll just stay here. But I'm going to believe that you're going to do this. And literally the next day, the acceptance letter from Virginia Union came in with the scholarship. Wow. And I'm like losing my lunch. <laughs> like, you know, like, you know, that kind of thing. Right. And it's like, oh, my yeah. God. So, yeah, it was it was that. So that's what took me to Virginia. OK. And that ended up being extremely pivotal in terms of what would happen career wise for okay. me, because it was there where, you know, the Internet really started to jump off. Yeah. And I ended up meeting some amazing people in a chat room for a website called Gospel International. And um those people that I met, the four of them and I ended up coming together with a website called gospelflavor.com. Yes. So that all started. Oh my God. Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. I know nothing. <laughs> I really honestly don't know anything because I feel like we've sat here before and I have mm-hmm. found out things as we're talking. I'm yeah. just like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. I definitely remember Gospel Flavor back yes. then. Yes. I had no clue that you had anything to do with yes. it. But yes. But I also didn't know BRC until I came to the show. So. <laughs> well, there we go. No, that's a lot cool. of, and, and that's, that's a, a good fun fact, yeah. which is why I wanted to have, uh, G, we call him GB. Yeah. So um, that's why I wanted to have GB here was because a lot of people don't know mm-hmm. that, yeah. is that they knew that you were a part or maybe a correspondent, but not sure. necessarily somebody who actually came and was a founder, yes. or, you know, of, mm-hmm. of that. So yeah. you doing that and working with them for, for years um in that space how did you get to a point to where you're saying okay i i'm doing this and these are you know write-ups and all this other kind of stuff but then now i want to shift and kind of go into the internet radio space okay because that was still new sure which is crazy because it was it was still new, even though it had maybe been like four or five, you know, six years or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was still really new that a lot of people didn't know. So this right. is before streaming. Yes. Actually, before streaming was actually legal. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so this is before streaming. 
LimeWire, FrostWire, all of that. You know? yeah. <laughs> but I got that song. Right. Napster, all yeah. of that. Napster, but oh my that, God, yeah. But I, I definitely want to go into that and okay. just kind of, when was the, the change of saying, we're going to go to internet radio instead of actually just saying, hey, you know what? We want to actually do like radio. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how, how? So, so it's just weird how everything just kind of connects in terms of the dot. So Gospel Flavor ended up actually being the road to terrestrial radio. So okay. people don't know this part. So I was at the live recording for Donnie McClurkin, shout out Donnie McClurkin, um, for the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs yes. that he did in Virginia Beach. Yes. Incredible record. Great. Um, that night, I met a guy named Mike Chandler okay. and a young lady named Carla Isaac. Both of them are amazing people. So Mike Chandler is, uh, he's the owner right now of all the Rejoice networks okay. across the country. Okay. And so he had uh, a station in Virginia Beach called Rejoice 100.9. And um, he had asked me, since he was aware of what I did with Gospel Flavor, if I would come on and do kind of like an entertainment news segment every Friday. Mm. So I was like, sweet, of course. You know, I always wanted to get into radio, never knew how. So did this, the first day we did it, it was supposed to be a 15-minute segment, and folks started calling in. It turned into two hours. And I was like, whoa. What is this? Okay, what is this, right? <laughs> so they enjoyed it. They had me keep coming back. Um, and then a thing opened up where I could end up being on the morning show. So I ended up co-hosting the morning show with Mike um, for a few years. We actually won a couple of stellars with that station. Nice. And um, then there was a point where he was... Um, kind of transitioning a little bit, but he was teaching me how to work the board. He was teaching me how to create promos. I'm learning all of this stuff, yeah. not knowing why I'm learning it. Mm. Um, and then things would happen where I'd end up parting ways with Rejoice in 2009. Okay. And that's where I said, okay, I've got all of this. I've been in radio for five years now. I've got all of this knowledge and I'm not done. What do I do with this? Mm. So at the time, um, I this is so funny. I actually had a photography website. Um, and the photography website was called getbombified.com. And so I said, I need an outlet for this. Now we were doing some small streaming there at Rejoice. Very, very small. We'd have a very small audience. But from there I was like, I could do this that way. Mm. And that would be the outlet. And that's how we started in September of 2009. So you were a photographer yes. as well? Yes. A real creative, because we, we talked about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hands and everything. Yes. yes. So yes. you went to college for mm -hmm. what? Math. Mm -hmm. <laughs> help us. Help me. Help me. So here's the reason why, this though. This is really a journey, guys. <laughs> you know, I mean, we are on a journey, because <laughs> what is happening? Yeah, so... So I knew coming out of high school that I was really good. I loved math. Okay. I loved English. I loved okay. writing. And I, I loved music. In school. Jesus, <laughs> I needed to be calling you. I loved all of those things. And my mom was like, you'll love this. My mom was like, well, Gerard, the music industry's fickle. See? So get a steady job, go into this whole math space. So I ended up being a math major in college, but I ended up playing for the uh, gospel choir and the university choir 
and ended up somehow writing on the newspaper staff and ended up being associate editor. So somehow all of them ended up working together. The math was just like, I will just help my children well, right. with it, their homework. It was, it was that, but I, I tell people, all a math degree does is it shows I can critically think. That's, that's what it is. And it's important because you need that everywhere. Yeah. No, you literally Because people don't be using their brains. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so you started Bonafide Radio mm -hmm. in 2009, September yeah. 2009. Yes. And when you started it, I want to, because of the fact that you already had the experience in radio, yeah. were you in, in the least bit nervous of how this was going to be received because you were going to be doing, was it, did you start off doing gospel internet radio or was it all genres? So, yeah, it started off being a bit of everything. Okay. And I knew it was going to be different. Okay. Because, so to answer your question, yes, I was extremely nervous. Um, extremely nervous because for one, I didn't intend for it to be a station. The intent was to do a two hour show twice a week. Oh, a podcast. That's pretty Basically. much, right? Basically. But the problem was day one, we did this two hour show and people were like, we want more. And I was like, I don't have more. <laughs> right. So now I'm trying to figure out how in the world do I create enough content to do this every day? and then to do this long enough where people actually want to tune in. And I knew that since people knew me from Gospel Flavor, they knew me from Rejoice, they were going to expect primarily gospel. Mm -hmm. okay. And I knew the way we listen to music, nobody just listens to one genre. Right. right. On our iPod at the time, yeah. you know, it's on everything. Now yeah. it's on our phones, it's on everything. So I wanted to create a safe space where you could listen to music that I call life music. Yeah. It's gospel, it's R&B, it's hip hop, it's jazz. It's all of these things that's positive in nature um, that you could feel comfortable with everybody listening to. And it also gave a space for new artists. That yeah. was super yeah. important to me. And yeah. so, yeah, was I nervous? Absolutely mm -hmm. nervous. So with the with the start of Bonafide Radio, yeah. where did the chat room spaces come from? Because that's <laughs> that's what I heard about so much is that everybody's yeah. like, oh, we met in the chat room. On, yeah. And I was like, how are y'all meeting in chat And let's be very clear. Probably a lot of us, mm -hmm. our network was started yeah. from the Bonafide chat room. Which is crazy. Because yeah. you literally had so many people, so many creatives mm -hmm. and executives yeah. and labels mm -hmm. and yeah. all of that that were coming in, having these conversations, just listening to music. And there's a lot of artists mm -hmm. that we know today, yeah. gospel and secular yeah. or you know mainstream, yeah that we would not have known if it wasn't for Bonafide Radio. Wow. wow. So to, to, to answer like to her question, like what made you say, okay, now we're doing the station pretty much at this point, right? It, it became kind of in that way. Yeah. And then the chat room. So the chat room was always a part of the formula. Mm. There was the chat room from day one. It was okay. always there. Um, and the reason for that was it was going to be a, a great way to connect with yeah. people. Yeah. To also uh, get immediate feedback on what they liked and what they didn't like. Yeah. Right. And I had no idea it was going to create a community 
but I'm community oriented. Yes. So to me, it was like, let's just get on here and let's do this. Yeah. Um, and so it's funny, it didn't become a 24 hour thing until almost a year later. Okay. And um, I actually kind of took the BE, the old BET model, which was I had shows that were recorded. So I had enough shows where I could loop them and it would feel like it's a 24 hour situation. Mm-hmm until I could get the stuff on the back end yeah. to really make it yeah. a 24-hour situation. Now, were you doing this, especially in the beginning, did you have a team? Was it just you at one point? And then, like, from you doing it by yourself, mm-hmm. how long did it take for you to be able to start getting the BRC team and stuff yeah. like that? So it started primarily with me. Okay. Um, and then it got to a point where I knew, okay, this is getting too big. Mm-hmm. I can't do this. By myself. So the funny part is the team came from the BRC. Oh, I'm sure. The team literally came from people who were listening. And um, and that's when I started finding out what people's expertises were. And it was just like, wait, you do that? You do that? You let's do it. And thankfully they had enough of a love for what we do that so they were really the the unsung heroes. Um, for for making this thing happen yeah. because, you know, when it came time to doing the parties and things like that, that stuff felt overwhelming for me mm. because I was just like, how are we going to do this? Yeah. Where are we getting the money from? Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, the logistics, how are we going to get the artist? All right. of those types of things. Um, but they were amazing um, because they loved doing events and they each had their role. Yeah. And I was like, go. Yeah. Do it. So when did you start the parties? The, <laughs> yeah, let's get into that. <laughs> my first and only party that I came to mm-hmm. was 2014. Yes. But I knew, I, I said after that experience, mm-hmm. I said, I'll never probably come back yeah. to anything around these events except for this event. Wow. Because wow. the ticket was so strong. Yeah. Every year. Everybody was walking through there. And I was yeah. just like, wait a minute, is that so I had no so when did you start the parties? So we started Bonnerfied Radio September 2009 mm-hmm. and the first party was January 2010. Oh, so this was quick. Yeah. It was very quick and it made me very nervous because I'm just like we're 4 months in. Who's going to come? Right. Who's going to come? So one of the things that helped was I think there were still a lot of great relationships that I had developed mm-hmm. from the Gospel Flavor days, written a lot of articles for people, connected a lot with a lot of people. So it wasn't a hard ask for people. Like people were literally like, absolutely. And I'm like, whoa. Right. So that that first lineup. Yeah, so how was the first party? So the first lineup, <laughs> we had Jason and Jonathan Nelson. Okay. We had Vashawn Mitchell uh, did Nobody Greater there first. Lisa Page Brooks did her big song there yep. first. Um, we had, uh, we went old school. We had a radio choir. Um, uh, shout out to Torrance, who he yes. directed the choir. Yeah. Isla uh, Jade was in there. Yeah, like, yeah. It was crazy. And J.J. Hairston and, and Myron were a part of that yeah. as well. Um, and so it was, it was nut. P.J. Morton was on that show. Like it was, what wow. well, the intent of that show, Apple Jacks was on that show. Yeah. The int- San, Fra- San Franklin <laughs> messed my whole life up on that show. Oh my God, it was crazy. So 
but but the thing was, I wanted the show to literally be like Bonafide Radio come to life. Okay. Because it had primarily been a virtual experience. Yeah. So I wanted everybody to be able to experience literally like a live playlist. Um, and I'll say this, oh, this is gonna be dangerous. Okay, be careful on this one. Um, what was different about that show was during Stellars, uh, usually the showcases that were happening, uh, people had to kind of like pay mm -hmm. to be on them and register and that type of thing. And I did not do that. I refused to have any artist pay to be on our show. Yeah. Because I felt like if I do that, that's going to damage what I intend for the show to be. Right. So it was about creating amazing experiences. Yeah. And thankfully, we did that. Now, this is interesting. That night... So we had the show. The show was a great success, thankfully. Um, and so we're taking some people back to the hotel. I'm getting ready to head back to the hotel and get into a horrible car accident. Like, got T-boned. Literally coming across, got T-boned. The car spun around and then went headfirst into an 18-wheeler. Ooh! And I'm like... Okay, <laughs> we launch in this, like what? Yeah. So, you know, and, and oddly enough, we were nominated for a stellar that year, and I'm like, okay, how are we gonna go? And it was just, it was a mess. And so I'll say this publicly because I don't think he'll mind me saying this. Uh, the first call I got when I got back to the hotel was from Jonathan Nelson, mm. who called me to say, hey, I heard you were in an accident, are you okay? And he's been my brother like since before then, but that just, it touched me because yeah. I, did, I was like, I don't expect anybody to know this, but let alone for people to come and check on us. And it was, it was crazy. We ended up, you know, doing all the stuff we had to do for the rest of the weekend, but it was crazy. Yeah. But that led into, and so I thought we were done with shows. Like I just want, to me, it was designed to be a launch party. Yeah. Oh. We're launching, we're here, that's no. great, we're done. The people said we're coming back. They said no way. But the crazy, it's, it's up. Yeah, mm -hmm. and the crazy mm -hmm. thing about that, your, that party, that was, jeez, man. That was probably the biggest turnout. Here's what was, Here's what's you know scary. what I mean of, of, of that of that 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 weekend. weekend. Yeah. Well, here's what scared me about that. A, I wasn't sure people were coming, mm -hmm. and B, that weekend was the weekend that Kirk was recording the the benefit song for Haiti. Yeah. He was recording it that night, so I'm like, man, like yeah. you know that that's important. Yeah. That's not so. Very much so. So when I when I walked in there and there were just people wall to wall yeah. i was like what is going yeah all the people felt the same way when i walked into the party <laughs> yeah because i kept saying no one is going to know who we are why are why am i flying all the way to nashville for mm. this and then we walked mm. in and i was just like mm -hmm. not this is the hottest ticket <laughs> very very <laughs> much so and it was it was it was in no shade to anybody else but you know the professionalism that was there, the you and you had the camaraderie because a lot of us, even for that first, but throughout actually all of the parties, yeah. you were meeting people that you had been talking to. Yes. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. it was Clubhouse before Clubhouse. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? That, that's that's what it was. Absolutely. And so when you get to the point to where, oh I mean, I've been talking to this person for four months. Yes. You know, and yes. It wasn't, you know, oh, let me da da da. It was, 
I'm meeting you at the party. Yes. Are you here? Yes. What, you know, what's going on? So yeah. now, like you're saying, it put th things in perspective yeah. for BRC to come to life. Yes. Because now I'm meeting people that I've been talking to. I'm hanging out now. Oh, well, what are you doing? Now yeah. we're going to eat. Now we're doing this. And so yeah. all of that, along yeah. with the music and, you know, those types of things of seeing our favorite artists, yeah. as well as groundbreaking artists mm -hmm. you know that mm -hmm. are that are there that we kind of knew maybe from the city or maybe sure. you know from uh the radio yeah you know um that was it's it was groundbreaking wow the creatives way is sponsored by world fidelity life they realize how important your family is to you and are determined to provide the best living benefits life insurance has to offer world fidelity life they make life insurance easy. The creative's way. And that's, that's, I think that was the biggest thing for any of us who were artists or musicians or any of that was just like, we actually got a space to be able to um, live that out. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and that was the cool part. Not to say that it wasn't cool that, you know, anybody else was doing their things sure. and stuff, but it was sure. more kind of, you know, structured and kind of dealing with this and dealing with that and got to do a run. But when it was time for that BRC party. Yeah. Wow. You know. You used to be in the chat rooms too? What? Well, how old were you, Tim? <laughs> <laughs> I've been in. I do I literally. <laughs> I have. started it in 2009. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in the industry for a long time. I was playing professionally as well. So, you know, that was the that was the hang. Ladies would have been so mad having to come to a party and I'm trying to sit up here like, oh, I've been talking to, you know what I'm saying, my homeboy for six months and then you show up in the seventh grade. What are we doing? Where can you go? Hey, man. Look. I was I was hanging. I was hanging. But that was the thing, right? Like people of all ages were yeah. there, and so it almost became our family reunion. Yes. Um. It it felt I I did a lot in terms of how we were introducing it. I did a lot after WrestleMania. Yeah. In terms of from the sense of we wanted surprises. Okay. Yes. We wanted, you know, how we rolled it out was very intentional. Um, and then I, I can't, man, the team was just so incredible. Yeah. Tracy and Yanni and, and Sherry and all these people yeah. were incredible yeah. because they wanted to make sure this was going to be right. Yeah. And so that- Shout out was, Shayla. Yeah, Shayla, Shayla <laughs> like all those people, right? There were so many people who volunteered, who just wanted to be a part, yeah. who, I mean, it is just, it's amazing. Yeah. And I mean- I, I kind of lost it sometimes when I thought about, because you guys understand this, when you're doing things, you don't always think about their impact right. or right. what's happening, right? right? You're just trying to get through it right. and get to the next one. And so, you know, I've had some time lately to start thinking like, we did that? You did. It was a, it was a it huge thing. Yes. I had so much fun wow. at the party that I came to. Yeah. And matter of fact, that was where I met Leo. Mm. That was my first time meeting Leo Wilson was at. Wow. He came up to me and was like, oh my God, y'all was killing on the show. And I was just like, oh my God, thank you. And then I said, you are so cute. <laughs> and we should be friends. Yeah. And that's exactly. So yeah. that was the other thing. People were meeting yeah. who yes. had never met. So Anita Wilson tells this story regularly about how her and Avery Sunshine met at our party. Oh. And they're the best of friends. 
you know, yeah. but they, and that's the thing. We had Avery and Anita on the show. Yeah. I, that might've been the year we had B Slade. And when we had Slade, like, that's my guy. Yeah. And people were like, we're going to protest. I was like, protest. Yeah. We're like, doing this. Let's show. do it. Yeah. You know, like it was, but I mean, we've had, and we pulled off, we pulled off some surprises. Yeah. We had John P. Key crash the party one year. Because who um, better to crash? Who, like, and people, and, and what was your, crazy, yeah. that's literally what happened. <laughs> he came in a side door. See what I'm saying? And just, and people went nuts. Oh, yeah. like, you, you can't do anything but go nuts if John yeah. P. comes up and does a set because every song is going to it's be It's going to be killer. A hit. It's going to be killer. the last party? So the last one was the one you were at, 2014. Shh. Yeah, because what happened was it moved to Vegas after that. You're right. And then in 2015, I got married. You're and right. it was just like, okay, that's a lot. Yeah. Like, Vegas, married, like, nah, we're, we're going to put, put a pin on it. So, let's, so, let's talk about that. Yeah. You, how did BRC in going into that bring you and your wife, Yanni, together? So, because it's funny, we met, um, shout out to Bobby Jones, because we met at BET working backstage at Bobby Jones. Got um, it. And so we met uh, two years before Bonafide Radio, I think it was two years before Bonafide Radio started. No, yes, no, <laughs> 2007, 2008, one of those years. Yeah. Okay. Um, so come 2009, mm -hmm. um, I had told her backstage about the idea. Okay. And she was like, absolutely, I'm in. Now. She's not easy to please. Now, I, I no, like what? Hey, let me say it this. Way. Let me say it this way. This is a better way to say it. She is not easily impressed. Correct. Another. Yeah, 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 yeah. There it is. She is not easily impressed. And so when she, when her eyes lit up at the idea of Bonafide Radio, I was like, okay, well, let's go. And so she's been a staunch supporter. Yeah. And um, so she's been involved in just about everything that happened with that. And so, yeah, things just kind of built from there. It's funny, people people who know us are like, y'all were dating all that time. Like, no, we weren't. Yeah, no, I, didn't, I definitely did get dating um, we from y'all the whole time. But I just remember when the picture showed up online <laughs> that y'all were getting married. Or maybe, it, I think it was y'all were get, you're about to get married. And I yeah. was just like, oh, yeah. oh my yeah. yeah, I was definitely like this. Okay, okay. Yeah. This makes sense to me. Yeah. That. yeah. 2015, though, I did not know it was that long ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's when we got married, 2015. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah. So, 2015, mm -hmm. you guys have a little boy. Yes. When did, you said you've been a fan of wrestling this whole time. Yes. Now, this is another thing that took me by surprise. I was okay. just like, Jerome about to go do what? <laughs> right. He's about to be the announcer. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. So, how, first of all, because I'm sure that it, that was... That's almost like a dream come true. Because do you ever think that as a child, a fan of WrestleMania, you yeah. would ever be like, I'm right here at it. Like, I can almost yeah. touch. You know, I it's one of those things I always wanted to do. Really? But never thought, like, how? Yeah. Yeah. How do you do yeah. that? Correct. You right? Yeah. Like so that? it was it was that, like, I was the kid who was... Literally, I had the the action figures. <laughs> I was playing with the. I had my own federation, and I'm comp, I'm doing all this stuff. But I'm not thinking like, okay, it could turn into that. 
Um, but yeah, so I have to I have to credit Yanni okay. because what she did was for my birthday one year she got me um, a Groupon to DDPY, which is Diamond Dallas Page Yoga, which is in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Diamond Dallas Page is a former wrestler, three-time world champion. So like being in Atlanta was like, oh snap! Like I have to go to this, right? Okay. But I took my time. I was like, ah, I'm scared. Yeah. You know. Was yoga? It was yoga. Yeah. Yeah. So. 2019, February 2019, I walk into this performance center and um, I hadn't even met DDP at this point, but I loved what was happening there. Like, this was cool. I'm liking yoga now. Like, this is great. But I also saw they had a sign up, um, a literal uh, photo of the logo for AEW, which is the other large wrestling company right yeah. now. Um, I didn't realize at the time that they were actually shooting all of the promos and things right there okay. where we were working out. Um, and then there were some guys that were working there that had formed their own wrestling organization. So um, I was trying to figure out, like, I'd love to go. I'd love to do something there. So the one month I was going to go, which was in May, Jackson was set to be born. And I'm like... <laughs> I, what I can't do, yeah. <laughs> nope. I cannot be. She at a, <laughs> Listen, it's gonna be over, <laughs> over. So I met. Now that month was, and you'll appreciate this. That was the month where Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega, all invaded SHW mm. right before AEW yeah, launched. launched. So yeah. this was massive. Okay. So um, fast forward to September of 2019, and I was like, you know what? I'm finally free to go to a show. I've been home with the baby for a while. I can go to a show. Went to a show, loved the show. Mm -hmm. And so their shows are first Friday of every month. So I went back in October with my guy, Courtney. Got a shout out, Courtney Beard. That's my guy. Um, so we went, and that night, um, what happened? I met the commentators that night. Mm. And so I was like, okay, this is cool or what have you. So Courtney and I went to Waffle House after the show and he said, we're gonna figure out how to get you in this business. And I'm like, okay, let's figure it out. And so it started with this idea of, I already had a wrestling podcast. So it was like, interview the owner. And so I did that, but we had also done a podcast on the way there and on the way back, just chronicling our experience, yeah. right? The owner heard that podcast before we ever interviewed him. Wow. And he loved it so much, he made it mandatory listening for everybody in the company. Oh my God. So I'm like, <laughs> okay, I didn't know it. And I was like, wow. Yo, so God, then, yo, his God. Listen, like, listen. So then we get to the November show and I'm going, I went back and I see they only have one commentator. So during, during the intermission, now I'm not the guy to be, you know, I'm not the guy to push myself and, yeah. you know, promote myself. Like I hate that. I hate it. So for whatever reason, I got like five seconds of courage and said, okay, I'm gonna go and talk to the commentator. And I said to him, I said, so where's your partner? He's like, oh no, he's not here. And I said, well, listen, if you ever need somebody to fill in, I'd be more than happy to help. And he was like, Gerard Barnes said this? Yes. <laughs> well, I know, I know, yeah, right? uh, what? I know, like, I never <laughs> talk like that. So he was like, sure. And, uh, and I thought it was good convention talk. Yeah. You know how they, oh yeah, sure. And I knew the owner and so I talked to him as well. He was like, oh yeah, sure. And I was like, okay, cool. Now we get to the December show. 
I already got my ticket. I uh, had a crazy day that day. So you guys know me, I'm usually always on social media. <laughs> Wasn't on the socials that day. It's a crazy day. I debated whether or not I was gonna go to the show. Now here's what's funny, Yanni was like, I don't think you should go. I was like, no, I bought my ticket, I need to go. Yeah. I get to the show, 30 minutes before the show starts, I'm walking in the door. I walk in the door, I didn't get in the door. I get to the front of the door, the booker meets me and he says, we've been trying to get a hold of you all day. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, we've been trying to get a hold of you all day. I'm like, what's going on? He said, do you wanna call the matches tonight? <laughs> I didn't get a chance to think about it. I literally was like, yes. And then I said, what did I say? What are what we I, doing? I couldn't even think, like, what happened at the last show? Like, what's going on? So now he takes me to his car. He's got to go get something. So now I go from literally having a ticket to he walks me in. He's like, no, he's with me. Takes me over to the commentary booth. 15 minutes before the show starts. I'm not dressed for anything. I literally have a hoodie on because I'm coming to be in the front row. Right. And so the owner comes up to me and he's like, hey, um, listen, if you do a good job tonight, the job's yours, so don't suck. No pressure. No pressure at all. No, not at all. So I'm like, okay. I'm texting my guys, Courtney and Brandon Clack and John Murray, and I'm like, guys, like this is happening right now. And they're like, kill it, kill it. And I'm like, oh my God. So Brandon, uh, Brandon Benefield, who is my commentary partner, he's like, okay, well, let's just do this, right? So we get into match one. I promise to God, it felt like breathing. Wow. It felt oh, I'm like sure. breathing. Yeah. yeah. And every I remembered every it was just crazy. So after the first match, he looks at me, he's like, Oh, I think we got something. <laughs> <laughs> so we call the whole night, three hours. Show's over. We get to the back, they're doing some post-match interviews. And so then the bosses ask him, how'd he do? He was like, Oh, he was amazing. And he said, you want the job? Yeah. And there it is. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so this isn't just you coming to sit at a table and saying next match up is so-and-so, so-and-so. Mm -hmm. You are not only introducing, I guess, the wrestlers, but then you also have to talk all the way through like the commentators. So I'm, yeah. I'm literally doing all the commentary. Yeah. yeah. And you and and you are the color commentators, yeah. right? So there and there's a there's a difference so, between. So just kind of, let's let's get into that so just a little bit. So there's prime. Usually it's a two man booth. Yeah. Uh, the play by play guy is the one who calls all the moves. Okay. Right. And then there's the person that does color. Okay. That's the person that's really telling the stories. Oh. Right. Oh, so. Okay, I do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm following. So for so for me it was <laughs> there we go. So I'm I'm telling the stories, you know, um, and then it was just kind of like it just it just ha and we never talked about who was going to do what. Right. That's what's crazy. We never said okay who's going to do this. We just went mm. and it just fell into place. And literally two days later, now they're calling us the voices of SHW. I'm like I just got here. What are you talking about? Yeah. Be the voice. Yeah. I mean, and so things just started snowballing after that. We end up on a streaming platform after that, and it's just off to the races. It's crazy. So now where you are in life is you are a commentator for, you're still with the same Yeah, the, what's happened- Because haven't you mentioned AEW online before so, that you're doing- So here's what's happened. Um, when I came into 2022, 
Uh, I was still primarily working with Southern Honor, okay. which was uh, where, where that whole story started. But that led into other things. Yeah. So that led into me being able to do work at the Nightmare Factory. The Nightmare Factory is uh, the school that's owned by Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes is the son of Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. He's right now one of the most popular wrestlers in all of WWE. Okay. Um, so we... Yeah. Very much so. McMahon left. He did, but the company did. The company did. So who took over for him? Triple, Triple H. H did. Shut up! <laughs> yes! I know, I know them because... Yes. Crazy thing is, my girls were really, really, really big wrestling fans. Yeah. Little. Trinity actually had a wrestling party for her 12th birthday. I love that. With tutus. I love that. And I was just like, you really want me to get you a wrestling cake? Her mm -hmm. cake was a ring. Yes. With the figures. And I'm like, yes. well, so I know. Yes. I remember the whole thing with Triple H and mm -hmm. the wife. Stephanie, mm -hmm. yes. Stephanie. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She's... Stephanie is actually uh, the co-president yes. of the company right now. Yeah, nice. yeah. yeah. and Triple nice. H is killing it right now. He's really killing it. So you're not sure. doing work with AEW too. So it's I'm not doing work with AEW. Okay. I, I think I'm so close to AEW okay. that people think because many of the folks coming out of the Nightmare Factory also do work at AEW as well. Okay. Um, so I'm working with the Nightmare Factory. At the top of the year, I was like, God, I want to do more. Because the goal is to get to WWE. I was just about to ask, is yes. the goal to get to WWE? That is the goal. That is the goal. Um, and so I feel like we are en route. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm really enjoying the journey yeah. right now because a lot of times we we get focused on this is the end game and I'm not paying it. To, no, I'm enjoying every single thing. So I asked God at the top of the year, I want to do more. Like, I don't want to just do one promotion. So by April, um, literally another promotion called me out of the blue. And they were like, we got a show tomorrow. Can you do this? I was like, wow. absolutely. Uh, they're called Battle Slam. Battle Slam is neat because it merges pro wrestling and hip hop, mm -hmm. which is incredible. Okay. And so we've had some amazing people come through there. That has afforded me my first opportunities to actually go live on pay-per-view. So wow. we've been doing, all of our stuff is now on Fight TV, which is crazy. That's crazy. Like when I first found out we were going, I cried like a baby because the idea of being able to say live on pay-per-view yeah. is something I've always yeah. wanted to say. Yeah. So yeah, that happened. Then another promotion has opened up in Atlanta that we're doing work for. They're called Championship District Wrestling. And then with the Nightmare Factory, they have been doing their student showcases. So basically they have a 12-week camp where these new folks are coming through and then they kind of have a graduation, which is this massive card. Um, we have been working sound for, even though we had been doing stuff there, they had other people calling. Well, finally, for the last two shows, they had us call the shows, which wow. is really, really cool. So it's been really crazy. Now we won awards for best commentator of the year in Georgia yeah. uh, for the last two years, which is nuts. Um, so it's just, it's crazy how that world is just booming right now. And um, so I'm, I'm really, really grateful. But yeah, to your point, WWE is the goal. Yeah. Wow. So do you think that you will do, because now, I mean, I don't want to say that it's a transition uh -huh. over into another yeah. market of sure. creativity, mm -hmm. but do you think you will, I'm sure music will always be, mm -hmm. but what do, what do you see for yourself in yeah. the next 
five, ten years. So it's interesting because music is still a part of, of the okay. equation. Yeah. Um, I'm actually doing, and for those who don't know, I've been doing, I've been silently working in radio, I guess, for the last two okay. years. And I say silently because I wanted people to intentionally know I was doing wrestling. Okay. I wanted them to know that because um, sometimes when you get the stigma of being just the inspirational guy, yep. they only see you one way. Yep. Um, in the wrestling community, like, they're good. Yeah. You know, just bring who you are. Right. They're good. Right. So I really wanted to be able to establish myself in that community. Okay. But um, I've been working actually um, for the last two years or so with some Christian hip hop stations. Okay. So right now I'm doing a daily show on a Christian hip hop station called SoFlo Radio. Okay. Um, they asked me to do their afternoon drive. So it's literally like a four hour show every day, which is crazy working in the world of Christian hip hop. Um, so that's still happening. I think music will always be a part of what I do because it's part of who I am, yeah. you know? And so I'm grateful that people respect uh, you know, any opinions that I have to say or advice that I have. So music's always going to be a part of the journey, mm -hmm. um, but definitely the pro wrestling piece is yeah. is huge for me because it's one of the things that I was told I couldn't do. Mm -hmm. What was the reason? So I, I had, uh, I was at a church, um, which will obviously remain nameless, but okay. I was at a church and... Uh, no, we say them all. No, 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 no. No, so, no, no. so what happened was the first year I would... The, the year, the first year I went to my first WrestleMania, mm -hmm. um, which was in Chicago, I had talked to the pastor because I was going to be out. I was still playing at the church. And so I was like, hey, I'm telling you three months in advance, I'm not going to be here on this particular Sunday. Three whole months. Right. Um, I'm not going to be there. I'm giving us time to find out. Well, where are you going? Mm -hmm. On WrestleMania. This is going to be great. He looked at me and he said, you can never tell anybody that you missed that you no 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 that you're going to WrestleMania going to WrestleMania is akin to taking your family on a vacation to the club and he also told me that no one would take my ministry seriously yeah, yeah 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 what does how does WrestleMania line up with the club I'm not quite sure and family to the club yeah I, I I don't I don't know how we got there I'm so sorry so service like a month but <laughs> but but for me what that said was that's okay mm-hmm like I'm still going yeah <laughs> I'm still give me for these 90 days and honey. went for the next four years yep. Um, but what was big to me was recognizing in that moment that you have to be very, very careful um, who you give room to speak into your future. Correct. Sure. Um, and that you can, and just because they wear certain positions and titles doesn't mean they share your vision. So they may not be able to see what you see, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to recognize that. So for me to be in this space, to be unapologetically who I am, love this business, be well-respected in this business, um, speaks volumes, and it's like, no, I need to fully pursue it. Not as a way to say, boom, you were wrong, but to say, no, this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And I'm absolutely going for it. Wow. Well, now. I, I want to say I love stories like this yeah. because I tell people all the time, there are so many ways to be fulfilled. Yes. And just because you may have put your vision in a box. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of times, even though we we feel like we have vision, yeah. we can sometimes put our vision in a box. Sure. 
But the fact that you have been able to branch off and do things that no one would, I mean, I would never consider wrestling as a part of like your life's journey. Yeah, yeah. But the fact that you're able to do that and still be fulfilled is just a testament of the fact that the scripture that says God can do exceedingly, abundantly, above all. Absolutely. Absolutely. We could ever ask, yes. not just ask, but or think. That part. So when you when when I think about people's imaginations. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about people's imaginations, and yeah. you mean to tell me he can do bigger than that? That part. Yo, mm-hmm. he, no one should be saying anything about what you can't do because right. clearly right. he's proven over and over and over Absolutely. what he can do. Yeah. I, I think that those stories are so encouraging. They're encouraging for people that, that feel like they just have to be on one track. Right. I'm kind of walking that out myself now. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like Which some of the things that see. I've been accepting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, yeah. I did not see myself doing this. Yeah. But I'm about to do it and I'm going to have a good time. Yes. So yeah, I love yes. that. Yeah. Love there, it. there is more to life than whatever track we've initially been on. Yes. And I think it's important that we fully explore that. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of reminds me, there's a story in the Bible that talks about uh, the man who had five talents and three mm-hmm. and then one. Mm-hmm. And the key to that is they were given their talents according to their abilities mm-hmm. with the expectation that they would double them, yeah. right? And so the idea is the guy with the five doubled his, the guy with the three doubled his, the guy with the one hid his because he was like, nah, look, I don't want to lose this. Yeah. You're rough, it's you're tough. Right, yeah. you know, and, and God's like, yo, no, you're wicked, you're lazy. I'm giving it to the one, not with three, but with five, yeah. which always intrigued me because I, I believe God wants to give it to somebody who's going to maximize it. Yes. So it would, now it would have been just as bad if the guy with the five and the three right. did less than what they could do, yes. which is to say that all of the talents that we've been given, we've got to use them. We have to use them for every single thing, yes. even in spaces that number one, people have told us that we can't show up in. Absolutely. Spaces that we felt like we didn't qualify to be. Yes. We have to utilize every single, every single thing. Absolutely. I, I think it's a it's very encouraging. Thank you. I will say that. And the service that you that you that you provided, I think that because in the space of where Bonafide was, mm-hmm. it almost kind of did that same thing. It opened the door and it gave people a, it gave people access that they, you know, didn't. And I feel like in that way, if we want to go here, where, you know, we go to the ministry of it, that was a ministry that you basically were doing and you gave us. And so in the spaces of that, God honors that and says, okay, you're doing your ministry and what I gave you to do. But now this is something that you have asked for and and you thought about it and said, you know, it would would be cool to be able to get into this commentary space. And he's just giving it to you, you know? And so that's the the dope thing about that. And I think going in where you were talking about the men with the talents, Mm -hmm. that's one of my favorite like scriptures. And once I was reading in the message Bible Mm -hmm. and in that it was saying that the reason why 
the Lord basically was mad at the guy with the one talent mm -hmm. was because in that space, it was saying that he was playing it safe. Right. And so right. it wasn't that he was doing anything bad. Right. He was yeah. like, nah, I don't, he was just being cautious and being safe. And that in, 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 in the message Bible, it was saying like, the Lord doesn't want us to do that. Yeah. Because like you said, if he's going to give you more than what you ask or even think. Sure. You there's you can there's safe. nothing safe about that. Right. Safe. You know what I mean? So that's the that's the that's the amazing part yeah. of the story, yeah. you know, and how all of that connects. And yeah. so that's really, really dope. Yeah. What up creators? This week's plug of the week goes to Ty Scott King and her new single, Magnificent Remix, on all digital platforms or wherever you get your music. Download Magnificent Remix by Ty Scott King right now. I was born to be magnificent, everyday great, far above average, maverick, no magic, his faith and works, his blessings is the perks, tie and die together, gonna remind you of your words, see, he delight in we devil can't test, no flex, no capis, more than a boom bap, God prepared me for this my whole life, queen with a gift so sick, I grew up with it, but didn't realize my pen and some paper would be the key to my future being so much greater. Yeah. Well, now we're getting into... One of my favorite parts, okay. which is special questions. Okay. Um, kind of rapid fire, not really, just real dope kind of creative questions. Sure, sure. And uh, then we'll pretty much wrap up. Okay. okay. So, you are a musician. Yes. You are a music guru. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have to ask this question. What is your favorite lyric? Oh my lord. <laughs> oh, oh gosh, that's oh man. Oh gosh. Put me on the spot. Mm -hmm. Um that's why we're here. Lyric of all time. Jeez. Oof. Ooh. Or one of one that well, you kind of would, it would I mean, you could almost grab anything from commission for me. Okay. Absolutely like anything. Seriously, anything from commission, the way they talked about ordinary just won't do yeah. I just like I, I mean anything from commission. It's it, the way they wrote. Yeah. It was so different. It was so forward thinking. Yeah. And they even like crafted songs for men. Yes. You know, we saw you a year ago. Yeah, you know, at the convention, yeah. like, yeah. you were riding high. Not even, <laughs> like your testimony was strong. Yeah, you even stood up and sang a song. Like, like, see, like I could just, I could just, yeah. So yeah. it's anything from commission. Okay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what's one thing that always makes you feel creative? One thing that always makes me feel creative. Um, I think sometimes it is. When you do something that you haven't done before and it actually turns out the way you envisioned it, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, um, one of the things I ended up getting into during the pandemic was video editing. It was kind of something I had to do. And it was just like, OK, when you get it in your head and it actually turns out the like, whoa, yeah, you know, that would happen all the time with with playlists for mm -hmm. Bonafide Radio, because I was always going after creating an emotion for people. So it was like, we need this song to follow this. We need this Absolutely. to follow this. Yeah. And when we could create that, and I could see that in the chat room, mm -hmm. 
mission accomplished. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, so it's it's being able to see um, something that's in your head actually come out and get the reaction you were intending yeah. for. Yeah. So on the flip side of that, do you have creative blocks? And when you do have creative blocks, how do you overcome them? Oof. Uh, well, yes, I do. <laughs> I think we all do. Um, I, for me, I, I usually have to step away into something else completely unrelated. So if it's a, you know, music creativity block, I'm just going to go straight to wrestling. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Like I'm just, I can lose myself in there long enough to hopefully hear or see something that yeah. unlocks and triggers something for me. And then I can flip back. And similarly with, you know, if I'm having a block from a creativity space, space and commentary, you know, I'm going to start paying attention to other things. I'll go to music, you know, I'll see what's happening in current events. I'll to just grab something where I can go, I can use that. Okay. Boom. And it, it unlocks the whole thing again. So yeah, it'll be music or wrestling for me that I'll jump into when the other one is kind of frustrating. (laughs) Gotcha. For sure. Yeah. I have one. Um, if you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, this is dangerous. Uh, superpower. Um, no, nah, I don't want that one. <laughs> I just thought about it. I, you know, I think I'd want to fly. Okay. I'd want to fly because I have so many places I want to be. Oh, okay. And I'd want to just get there very quickly. So it'd be cool to do that. Like, I don't want to hear. Like your body fly. Yes, my body would get up and fly so I could just be in that space. Because there's so many things that are going on that I just like to. And you just want to be there. Yeah. You don't want to have to go through TSA. No, God, no. (laughs) Absolutely not. Who wants to go through TSA? You just want to go outside and lift off. (laughs) Just just go. Girl, I'll be there in 30 minutes. Listen, because I mean, like, I don't want to hear extra stuff. No. You I don't want to see. No. You right. No, let me just fly and be there. You're right. I'll be all right. What song is your guilty pleasure? What song? Yeah. Oh, I wish you would ask TV show. Um, what song? Let's 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 TV do, show. Let's do TV show. TV show. Sister Wives. Okay. You guys ever watch? Yes. Yeah. Tell you something. Oh, it's the for me. It is. It is. Like, yo, like, and then the thing. So, like, this season, obviously, Christine is yeah. divorced, yeah, and right. watching her freedom is amazing. Yeah, right? Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. But then I think to myself, wait, you were never legally married in never. You could have always. You could have always, always did this. You contributed to this man. Thirty years. How do you? How are you with someone? But you know what? I listen. It's so crazy to me because I watch those type of shows. Yeah. Because of the foolishness, but yeah. definitely because of. I really am just intrigued yes. by the mindset yes. that would tell me I am going to be another wife added on to the list of wives, but I don't have another husband. I'm it's, trying to understand why it's not okay for me. I'm trying. There's so many questions I have. <laughs> house to house. I'm just like, And then deciding, no, I don't need to spend that much time over there. No, and I no, I, I can help. Over here. When he divorced the first legal wife to marry this newer wife, 
just so that he can adopt her kids. Listen. Foolishness I knew was a Fool, Yeah. And I said, you know what? This is my type of party. It's just popcorn and a Pepsi. Because these are these are things in our community that could never Yo. listen. I couldn't have two girlfriends. No. What? Not at all. Not at <laughs> all. Two what? First, I no. No. <laughs> no. One wife. One wife. I One wife I, is plenty. You don't really want no. nobody else in your relationship. She's going to be the total opposite. Because my other thing is, like, how are they not fighting each other? How are this is they, true. Like, get, they're, they're like friends. They're friends. Well, except for the, the Christine and their well, that new yeah, wife. Yeah, Christine and, and Robin, they don't, they, don't, they don't see. But Christine and Janelle, like, like right that. now, they're taking trips across the country on Instagram. It's Insta actually really weird. It is. It is wild. <laughs> And 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 Robin is mad because it's like, well, you're divorcing all of us. Like, wait, but there were no legalities the whole yeah. way there. Mind, that's that's how you know that the mind is, is a mind. is a is a big Thirty thing. Years, yeah. I'm like, whoa, super crazy. So sister wise, sister wise, that's 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 the one. Last last question, and this is probably. This will probably be hard. Okay. They all have been hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Your favorite, I will say, top three matches ever. Ever. Okay. Um, might not be as hard as you think. Okay. So, uh, one of my top favorites is, this is going to sound weird. Shane McMahon and Kurt Angle, King of the Ring, 2001. Mm. That match was bananas. It was, crazy. it was crazy. And what made it more bananas is Shane is not a trained wrestler. No. And this guy's going through windows yeah. and taking suplexes on his head. Yeah. It was, that one stands the test of time. Yes. Um, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 25. That was the first of the two. That was the two. first, yeah. First one. I was there for that one. Okay. Uh, second row. If you look hard enough, you actually can see me. Wow. I've got my camera. It's crazy. But that match was nuts. Yes. It was probably... Oh, he is completely nuts. And then I'll probably... Ooh, this is the third one. Is hard. Top three. Now this is where it's hard. Um... I feel bad only going with WWE. I feel like I should grab another match from somewhere. But for the sake of this, I will go to that Undertaker Mankind Hell in a Cell. Because still now... I definitely remember Hell in a Cell. Undertaker, I mean, even now, the idea that he threw Mankind Correct. off of the top... Correct. And nearly killed him. Definitely. And then dude came back. Yes. Climbed the cage and got chokeslammed through the top of it. Yes. Literally... It, it was, it was, a tooth is out of his nose. Yeah. Like, it, it was pure madness. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it just, now there are lots of other matches I really. Of course, like, of course. There's some honorable those, mentions. Oh my God, you know yes. I mean, you know, Ingo, Flair, yeah. and Kenny Omega, and Okada, yeah. and like, but, but. <laughs> what, this is great. You know, all these this is fantastic. Information. That's what I'm saying. You, yes. you, you be thinking yes. that you don't. I'm saying you, you, you got it. You absolutely yeah. got it. Absolutely. No, that's that's amazing, man. Well, I will say, for a lot of us in the industry, period. Thank you. Wow. Thank you for pioneering 
such a shift in the industry and I'll just say industry period because it wasn't specifically just music but it was music it was media it was you know you brought something fresh and new and like I said a lot of us wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for your obedience to doing bonafide radio and bonafide media as well and then taking it to another step and say okay i can do this and i did do this and i know that there you know pitfalls and things or whatever the case may be but you never stop doing it one which is absolutely amazing and then going into a newer space and Having your full self yeah. in that as well is is super super dope. Thank you. And then you know, coming to hang with us <laughs> because this is what we do a lot is what we do on the phone. Yes. So yes. <laughs> a lot of these conversations are live now, but these are conversations that we have on the phone. And so I appreciate it for you being here. Thanks for coming and hanging Thank out you. with us. And thanks yeah. you guys for, for the invite. And I love what you guys are doing. I love that you guys are so happy and you, you are sharing that. You both deserved it. I talked to you both. You guys yeah. know how I feel about that. So I'm I'm proud of you guys for taking this step. Thank it's you. necessary. These conversations are fantastic and great things are happening. Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Thank you so much. Well, guys, this was another amazing episode yeah. of The Creative's Way. And we had a blast. <sighs> you got to keep it locked for next time. Yes. I don't know who we have next, but we'll have somebody for sure. Just come back. Come back. That's all we need you to do. That's what we need okay. you to do is literally come back. You want to get into these people's business? Come back. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we love you guys. Keep it locked. Sweat.